Yeah, okay, brilliant. Right, so first thing I wanted to check with you, right, is obviously just to explain to everybody, first of all, you know, who you are and what your sort of role is in the Mental Health Foundation, if you can do that for me. Yeah, so my name is Jade, uh, Jade Yap, and I work as a research officer in the Mental Health Foundation. So um, that is kind of quite a broad role, but um, I work on a variety of research projects. So some primary research, so for example, actually going out into the field and doing some research studies, trying to find out what works um, in terms of mental health prevention for certain groups um, of the population. I also do things that are kind of more desk-based and looking at kind of the research that already exists out there. So I don't know if you know, but um, Mental Health Foundation, every year they do, they have the Mental Health Awareness Week. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, so last year, for example, it was on um, body image. So that becomes a really big week and a lot of, you know, organisations sort of participate in that week. And um, it's sort of part of the research team's... Um, responsibility to kind of look at all the research that's out there about this specific topic and create sort of a report that um, is more, it is, it's something for the public. So a lot of the time reports tend to be obviously quite academic um, in research. So mm-hmm. part of the work that I do is trying to make um, some of the stuff that's a bit more scientific, a bit academic, trying to make it accessible to the public. Ah, okay, yes. Well, obviously we've, We've worked together, that's how we know each other. Uh, yeah. through the um empowering people through physical activity research. Yeah. Um yeah. hard to believe that it's all done. <laughs> After I know, all that. I know. Mm. Now as I was saying, yeah, I will put a link to it below, you know, in the in the, the, the notes. Um but yeah. what what sort of got you into that area then? Why did you wanna work in this area? Well, I, I was actually quite shocked um, because I didn't really know um, about the mortality gap. So I didn't really know that um, people with severe mental health problems um, generally tend to live uh, 10 to 20 years less than people without. I actually didn't realise that figure. So when I looked at that figure and I understood that, I really understood that this is a group of the population that is sort of being, they're not, they're not able to access physical activity in the same way, even though engaging in physical activity would actually be of such benefit to this group in the population. So I think for me it was just kind of um, realising how great a need there was mm. um, for physical activity interventions for people with swimming and health problems. And I think the research project was something that was really interesting because, um, because it was co-produced and there was sort of a lot of engagement with um, peer researchers, so uh, people with lived experience with mental health problems who actually helped in all parts of the study. Um, I, I, was, I just really wanted to, to be a part of that and kind of see what we could what we could sort of identify from the project. Mm, yeah, because obviously Northern Ireland specifically, you know, I'm sure when it comes to the rates of uh, suicide especially uh, in the UK yeah. is extremely, extremely high. Um and the access, you know, the facilities and things over here probably aren't as easy to mm. get as maybe London. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. Um, mm. No, no, I think you're entirely right, actually. And and for me, it was um really different 
it was a completely different experience to come to Northern Ireland and, and work on this project because I, I had very little understanding of, you know, how, how it worked there. So mm. it, was, it was vital that we, you know, partnered with, you know, Platinum Training Institute, Queen's University, Belfast, all the, all the um, organisations that were actually based there and had that knowledge on the ground. Um, that was really insightful. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, whenever we set up uh, Platinum originally, we're going five years now, the, the main focus was always, well, it was health first, but specifically relating mm-hmm. to mental health. So actually us having that qualification uh, to train mm-hmm. our trainers to be able to work with people with mental health issues and for a project like this to come along was absolutely fantastic because it sort of, you know, mm-hmm. got the information out there uh, yes, we'll need to promote it as much as possible, the research and everything, uh, but hopefully that will turn the corner here. Um, yes, yeah. a lot more people are talking about mental health that have done this past while. And you mentioned there a minute yeah. ago, body image, especially in the industry I've worked in for 20 years, you know, you know, health and fitness, fitness industry when it comes to body image. Yeah. Wow, the amount of mental health issues that strain from that. Is unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it is incredibly linked to the work that Mental Health Foundation were doing exactly around body image. Um, this kind of rise in, you know, uh, gym inspiration or whatever this is, inspiration. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many. I mean, it's a huge topic. And, um, and I guess it was really interesting from our perspective to, first of all, we, d- we didn't know about Platinum Training Institute at first. And, um, then learning about Platinum Training Institute, obviously, I think a lot of people do have that initial um, preconception that maybe the personal trainers, um, you think, oh, maybe they're not the best suited to working with yeah. mental problems. And then, then actually learning what Platinum Training Institute do, which is, you know, they have this expertise uh, to work with exactly this group and um, population. And um, I think, yeah, that was that was really interesting. And that was something that even Queen's University Belfast didn't weren't fully aware of that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great to, to learn more about Platinum Training Institute. I think and, and your trainers were obviously vital. That was that was one of the key findings from the report. Just how the skill that there's there's a specific skill and quality that the specific skills and qualities that um, personal trainers require if they're to work with with this group. Um, and I think the selection of trainers that you chose was 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 really really integral. To the yeah, that's definitely the a big thing. Yeah, because obviously there's a certain type of trainer, and as I say in this industry, you know, I was a personal trainer myself for years, and. Yeah. There is either a focus of aesthetic, you know, making you look good, or else actually worrying about the health side of the thing. Very rarely of somebody who's doing both. Um, but as I say, yeah. once we set up Platinum, the focus was specifically health, which is why we got obviously all the specialist qualifications like the cancer and the cardiac, mm-hmm. mental health, neurological conditions, things like that. Um, so mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's great to see sort of work being done like that now. And you say, even finding out about us brings us on me on to another topic actually is I ask everybody this platinum and me myself we have no social media whatsoever <laughs> and I know people think this is crazy they, they said what is wrong something's wrong with this person that it doesn't have social media it's really changed where you know there's something wrong with you if you don't have it which 
it's quite funny, mm. you know. Um, I know. So, what's your thoughts on sort of social media uh, when it comes to mental mm. health? I mean, so I guess uh, in the research that I've looked at, it really can can have positive and negative effects. Um, I know personally, from from myself, I I find that social media can be pretty harmful to me. Um, it's probably the type of person I am. I know that I can sort of be quite self-critical, and I think um, I know there's there's a lot more awareness now of on social media people aren't presenting perhaps the truth they're presenting kind mm. of the highlight reel yeah. or whatever. But even so, even knowing that. I think, you know, it can still be quite harmful because rationally you will know, okay, well, this person doesn't, you know, surely can't have this glamorous, amazing life all the time. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's some part of you that gets really affected, that can get really affected by uh, seeing, being bombarded by these perfect images. And um, so for me, I know I've had to take a step back um, from social media and I found that it, it kind of just got to a point where I was scrolling mindlessly through my social media channels and I, I kind of became very aware of how low it made me feel. Like, yeah. And that's just my own personal experience. I know that for some people, for example, Facebook might help them kind of stay connected with people that they don't usually see. But I, I felt like it was the right idea for myself to come off um, uh, to come off Facebook um, just because I found that I was wasting my time and feeling quite bad about it as well. So to me, there are no benefits. <laughs> that's amazing. But, that, but that's, as you say, it depends what sort of personality. We can't just turn around yeah. and say it's all bad because it, it's not. No. It's, people have gained no. so many connections and, with, with it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm really interested in the fact that Platinum Training Institute don't have um, a social media presence. How do you... Um, find yourself kind of and getting the word out. Do you, do you, do you yeah, it's different approach. Uh, yeah, because obviously when I set up Platinum originally, yeah, we did have social media for maybe about a year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a Facebook, we did have Instagram, or did we have Instagram? We did, and we had Twitter, um, and then obviously mm-hmm. a website. But because of probably the niche that we were working in, uh, being uh, based mm-hmm. in Queen's University working with the hospitals going with the health side of the industry all of the health mm-hmm. qualifications really nobody else was doing a lot of them first of all so it was yeah. hard work don't get me wrong to come off social media completely um, yes. because yeah. most especially trainers would say oh I couldn't run my business without social media and I, yeah. I have to say to myself sometimes you, you, you think that until you try it and <laughs> Like, was I was I worried coming off it? Eh, not really, because I thought to myself, well, it's going to make me feel better. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't mean this in a bad way. If you're not making, if you're not looking after yourself, it doesn't really matter. Um, no, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's, it's really our business has turned into pure referrals, to be honest with you. Um mm-hmm. uh, and obviously website based were uh like say Google and things like that obviously help mm-hmm. and really just but, that, but that's yeah mm, go on ahead sorry that yeah. sort of testament to the quality of um I guess the experience that your clients have because if they're having if they're receiving such a good service then word of mouth or referrals things like that are actually probably the most uh, they're the, the probably the most effective kind of way of, of getting... Yeah, exactly. Because obviously the way the industry's gone, you know, 
people dilute courses so much that you can become a trainer in a, in a day or a week or whatever and mm. but all of, see this is the mm. thing probably the difference all of our courses are all face to face and they're probably longer than most places um mm-hmm. but it's all face to face it's all human interaction which once again how could i come off social media and then run online courses where you're just talking to a computer <laughs> you, you know yeah it yeah, doesn't make exactly. sense yeah. so to me everything's face to face and it will be the point where you can't do that i probably won't run courses then you know um, yes. i just think yeah. human interaction is such a vital part of mental health uh, like technology yeah. is fantastic yes but mm-hmm. overdone it might it's a it's a it's a it can be a very bad thing uh, yeah i mean with with the um empowering people through physical activity project that that was one of the key things that the participants actually talked about the social aspect of um the intervention that was one of the most important things and mm. they really enjoyed coming together they really enjoyed interacting with the personal trainer and I don't think it would have the same effect if you know that was delivered online oh no you know it is that face-to-face yeah element that's that seems to be really important particularly with this this um, population group yeah exactly because we're we, we are human beings we're, we're meant to have interaction we're meant to have you know exactly. uh, contact uh, otherwise you can become very very lonely which then does come back to the whole social media where you can actually connect with people worldwide <laughs> Mm-hmm. and not be face to face so it's it's a weird mixture as you know as i always say you know if the if the positives outweigh the negatives keep it if the negatives outweigh the positives get rid of it simple as that exactly you know exactly. um well see, see obviously what what other projects would you have going at the minute have you anything you know happening right yeah. now um so at the minute there's um there's always sort of uh well currently i'm working on evaluating a project in london which is um a peer-based uh project that's run in a retirement and extra care setting homes mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a creative project where a facilitator goes in and tries to encourage uh residents of, of that housing um place to to engage in creativity and um it's really interesting because, again, this is a population group that um, often is quite isolated, mm-hmm. um, quite lonely, high levels of loneliness. Um, a lot of them don't feel very socially connected. So it's kind of trying to use creativity in a way to allow them to express themselves, to come together. Because quite often, a lot of people in these sort of um, extra care settings or, or residents Mm-hmm. Um, because because I find that a lot of the time 
research, it's it's incredibly useful, but it doesn't really actually get used. Um, <laughs> so you just sort of sit there. I know. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it can sit there. I think a lot of the time as well, research can be a little bit elitist. Um, academic research can kind of... Um, That's great. It was quite long when you think it about it. It was like it, it was really a, year, a year and yeah, a half or so. It, it was, yeah. And I think it's really weird because the actual intervention is three months, but something like this, um, where you know co-production is very important, um, the thing is, it does take a long time because you are trying to get all these different perspectives um, and to, to inform decisions. You know, it, it would be easier in some ways the researchers were just like, right, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> what works? So I think with projects like this, they do take a long time and it, it can be difficult because you're obviously working with a lot of different people. Actually, I found the experience in Northern Ireland um, really good because I think the culture is very different to London. <laughs> yes, I'm <laughs> sure. Very different to London. <laughs> very uh it's very relationship based mm-hmm. um and i guess a lot of people seem to know each other and um i, I actually found that really useful because um if we had an issue someone would be like oh well you know maybe we should talk to this person maybe yeah. it, just, it just kind of seemed to flow quite well so um yeah personally i, I had a really good experience and i would definitely love to to and I'm keen actually that we don't lose traction on this. Um, at the moment, um, we are uh, writing, we're talking about academic papers, we are actually writing <laughs> academic papers um, on the study. So hopefully, um, hopefully that, will, that will sort of move forward. And um, I'm keen as well that we, um, I know Claire and Gavin from Queen's University are working with some of the peer researchers that worked on this project. Um, and they're, they're doing other research as well to utilise the skills that they've learned. That's fantastic. So, um, yeah, so that, that is really good, I think. I think I was really happy that the peer researchers in particular, um, they they seem to sort of get quite a lot out of this process and mm. also inform the process quite a lot as well. Even the, you know, the launch day and everything, uh, once again, I'm obviously yeah. going to put this link down below. Um, the, the the launch was fantastic, you know, with the amount of people that were there and, you know, chatting about everything that happened. And I was quite proud of it, I have to say, <laughs> of everything that went on. Yeah. You know, I do. Well, I, I, yeah, I think Platinum Training Institute should be incredibly proud of it because without them, we would not have been able to do it. Like, ah, stop obviously. it, stop it. Um, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they were the uh, key, key people. I mean, if you don't have the right people delivering the programme, the programme can't, program can't take place. So 
that you can have all the researchers you want, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this would be a good intervention. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you need the you need the expertise from the trainers. But yes, the launch day was great, and I was really glad to see lots of different people there. So different, so people with lived experience, um, some of the trainers there, you know, people um, in the media as well. So I think it was it was really good. It was also it was like a celebration of what I think all everyone's hard work um, yes but also kind of spurred myself claire and gavin on to to kind of keep the momentum up um, that's fantastic and i hope as well that one of the recommendations from the report was that it would be potentially good for there to be a register of mental health sort of professionals um in terms of sorry um there's there to be a register of trainers with mental health expertise yes yeah, and I think Clutton Training Institute should be at the forefront of that. So. Well, yeah, I think because when it comes to qualification, you know, there's not a lot of people obviously in this country that have that qualification, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, they've brought out, you know, like a level two awareness course, but that doesn't give you, you know, the you're, you're not obviously qualified to train people with mental health issues. That There's the mm-hmm. difference people people are thinking that so it's it's really becoming a, a fully qualified instructor for those those reasons and i do think it will get you know uh more popular for trainers to actually go that pathway uh, mm-hmm. which is a good and a bad thing because obviously uh, it's a bad thing because obviously the amount of mental health issues will be increasing uh but yes. hopefully we'll yeah. have the people in place to to help you know um yeah, yeah. like one one thing I suppose I wanted to ask you, you know, sort of before I finished up was have you any sort of specific tips that you think would help people's mental health and mindset? Any sort of things that you go by that you think mm. help? I can only go by I guess my personal experience. Yeah. But um I I mean this sounds really simple and I guess it is. There are a lot of things I think that we know perhaps we should do and we do feel better when we do them but we just don't do them. Um so I recently um started forcing myself well not forcing but <laughs> going to bed earlier. Okay. Um for me for me that's really important because I was the kind of person where I would just stay up even though I was really tired, um I would stay up late because it was almost like myself being, I don't know, rebelling against, I don't know what I was rebelling against, but I thought, you know, this is my evening, I want to enjoy my evening, I want to stay up, I want to, you know, do, I, I don't know, I want to read this book, I want to do something, but I felt exhausted, and I would always wake up, and I'd feel quite alone as a result of that, because yeah. I kind of speak to something that I've, I've definitely tried to implement, and um, as well with exercise, so recently, I just got myself, I know this isn't, um, possibilities for everyone but I got myself one of those really cheap um uh things that kind of track your activity ah uh, yes like a Fitbit or something uh, like that yeah yeah mm. exactly like a, a cheap version because <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like I'm gonna I'll, I'll give it a go we'll see we'll see how this goes and that actually has really helped me because there's part of me that's quite a competitive person yeah um, and it does you do kind of get I mean, obviously, you don't want to push yourself, you know, to the extreme. But for me, I do like to look at the activity tracker and be like, oh, I've walked this many steps today. Okay, I, I feel like, you know, it's it's not enough. I, I'd like to walk, I'd like to get my 10,000 a day. Yes. Day, but I would like to get 10,000 or 9,000 or whatever you decide you want. 
um, and it would encourage me to, to do things I wouldn't normally do. Um, so it is purely just for the satisfaction of seeing the number. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would feel good about myself. So in that way, that does encourage me to do exercise. And I feel better about myself after I've done that. So I think, you know, I feel like I've almost accomplished something. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it's purely like I'm almost tricking myself to do things. <laughs> but sometimes you have <laughs> to. Sorry? Sometimes you have to do that trick yourself, you know? Exactly. It dep- again, it depends on the type of person you are. Some people are incredibly de- disciplined. So, you know, or they really, really enjoy exercise, but, but physical activity. But for me, I know I can be incredibly lazy. Um, and But I do also know that I feel really good after exercising. I feel, like, very refreshed. So I have to implement all these weird little tricks to encourage me <laughs> to actually engage in Especially those wee legs. That was that was my whenever I said when you're talking about simple tips, my tip what I would yeah. always say was the first thing in the morning when you wake up is walk outside. Even if it's only for two minutes, it doesn't matter. Yeah. See that fresh air yeah. kick in the morning, you know? It it make, it does make such a difference because I do exactly the same thing now. Because when I wake up, I just take my dog out for a for a quick walk. Yeah. And I always come back and I feel I feel like much better because yeah. when I wake up, I'm usually in the funk because I haven't slept enough the night before. And then, it, yeah, it's amazing what that that fresh air does, and then you feel more ready to, to start your day. See, so I think they're the key ones. That yeah, I've, S- yeah. simplicity—that's yeah. the thing. Simple things. Very simple things, but mm. things that everyone can do. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Jade, that is us. Thank you very much for that. Thank you so much. Thank any, you for inviting me to do Any here. time at all. Any time. And hopefully we will do this again very, very soon. Definitely. I'd love to, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you.